I don't want to be a martyr. No, I. I want to live. That is good. For believing what you do, we confer upon you a rare gift these days. A martyr's death. The cross commands you. The blood of the martyrs commands you. I wrote them down in my diary so that I wouldn't have to remember. And away we go. This is this is going to be interesting. I I mean, you guys have gotten an episode every week because I am just so amazingly awesome that I'm recording ahead of time like I've planned this or something. But it's actually been like a month since I sat here and recorded anything. So, oh boy, let's see if I can remember how to do all of this. So I've got stuff rolling. We are here. We are traveling back in time. For those of you that have been enjoying the march forward through history, you have to put on the brakes, hop in the DeLorean, and go backwards a little bit because... Today, we are traveling to the 4th century Roman Empire. Why are we doing this? Well, we're doing this because I realized in my planning ahead that it's December, and I should do Christmas stuff. And I have one Christmas story that I will plan on giving you next week. It is my all-time favorite Christmas story. But before we get that, we have Christmas martyrs! Yay! Is that is that something we should celebrate? Like, if we celebrate the fact that we have Christmas martyrs, does that make us bad people? Because it probably does. So... For those of you not historically aware, 4th century Roman Empire. This is the time of the beginning of the end of the Roman Empire as you know it. So like, if you think Roman Empire and you think gladiator or you think about Julius Caesar or Augustus or all of those guys, that, that Roman Empire is going away. It is basically on life support. We have already split into east and west. So there is a seat of power in Rome. There is a seat of power in the east in Constantinople. So we basically have two, count them, two emperors. We have Diocletian in the west and Maximian in the east. And what's interesting is the story today is towards the end of their reigns. Diocletian and Maximian will basically both abdicate. Uh, Maximian will turn it over to Maximinus, and yes, this gets complicated, and then the other side gets handed over to Constantius, and yes, that guy's going to become important in history. So, there is stability, there is, insta- there is instability, it depends on where you are. We are at the early portion of the 4th century, so we are about three decades away from Christianity being legal and allowed. We are eight decades away from Christianity being the legal religion and exercising dominion. So Maximian, as emperor, is engaged in his Mauritanian campaign, that is the Roman name for North Africa. So he is crushing the remains of rebellion there in North Africa. Diocletian is basically retired to Bithynia, which is in modern-day Turkey. So you have one emperor on the warpath, you have another emperor who's basically not ruling, and you have an empire that is really in the midst of its crumble. There is constant infighting and backbiting as to who the next guy in charge is going to be. So, that leads us to today's group, the martyrdom of the 20,000 Nicomedians, and I am not making that number up. (coughs) Excuse me. Someone else might be making that number up. I told you when it comes to history, especially ancient church history, you know, you just have to either be comfortable accepting things or be really comfortable with not getting the answers to questions. So there is a church, it doesn't have a name, in Nicomedia, which is in Bithynia. That's where Diocletian is retiring to. 
the uh, the Nicomedian area is about 50-50 Christian, which is interesting because Diocletian I lives there, and we are only about two years removed from what has been phrased the Great Persecution, where Diocletian just, like, got his, you know, his mass murder on and decided to see how many people he could kill in a short amount of time. Now, Maximian has finished his North African campaign. He has defeated the Ethiopians, which, short aside, this isn't related to anything, but I just find it hysterical that there are great military campaigns against Ethiopia because I grew up in a world where, like, there were Save the Children commercials for Ethiopia because everybody was starving to death. But in the early 300s, they were apparently a military power. Who knew? So Maximian has crushed the Ethiopians, and he is delivering personally the news to Diocletian to celebrate the victory. On his way in Nicomedia, he stops, which is again in Bithynia, which is where Diocletian lives. He stops at a church to celebrate and demand celebration. Now, guess what day he decides to stop at the church? Yes, since I told you it was a Christmas story, and we have Christmas martyrs, it is December 25th. He stops into this church during the middle of a service and demands that the church offer sacrifice to the idols of the Roman Empire. He wants sacrifice to the old gods of Rome. Why? Because he wants these worshipers to give thanks on his behalf for the victory that these gods have given him. This is the idolatrous nature of the Roman Empire. Now, you can just imagine storming into a church on Christmas Day. There are really, in most churches, two or three really high holy days, one being the Resurrection Sunday, Easter, one being Pentecost Sunday, the celebration of the coming of the Holy Spirit, and the third is the celebration of the Advent of Christ, Christmas Day. Day. They are having a special service to commemorate this day, and in the midst of this, the pagan Roman army has kicked in the door to demand they participate in idolatry. You can imagine why the church said, no, we're good. Appreciate it, but no, we're good. Glycerius, who is a pastor of the church in Nicomedia, refuses and declares to Maximian, Christians would never renounce their faith, even under the threat of torture. <sighs> so torture it will be. Maximian has the parishioners locked inside the church, he has the church boarded up, and he burns the church to the ground on Christmas Day with the members of the congregation inside. Now, According to Eusebius, this is a period in history where, depending on where you were during the persecutions, rivers flowed red with blood. Uh, Anthemus, Anthemus, I'm sorry, let me get my pronunciations correct here. Anthemus is a bishop, is the bishop of Bithynia. So you're, you're, by this point, you're already starting to see there are area priests and pastors, and then there are local priests and pastors, and then there are area bishops. Anthemus escapes the persecution that breaks out in Bithynia as a result of this. Um, there are survivors of the church burning, which is just horrific. There are survivors of the persecution that breaks out in regards to it. So Anthemus escapes the area. He sets up a shop a few cities over, kind of makes a refugee camp where they are caring for survivors of both the persecution that's breaking out as well as the families that have lost people in the church burning. Um, the Roman army finds him at the refugee camp figures out who he is, and brings him back so that he can be beheaded. In other words, nobody escapes this. Nobody. Even on Christmas. Even when the emperors are in a good mood. Isn't that just happy Christmas time stories? No, no it's not. Unless 
unless your perspective is rightly viewing things from a godly point of view. Meaning, on Christmas Day, the persecution breaks out that kills hundreds of people and over the course of the next several weeks kills tens of thousands of Christians. And from a worldly point of view, that's terrible. There are widows, there are orphans, there are families that have been separated, but from a heavenly perspective, the nations have raged, Satan has done his worst, and God's people have said, no, we stand firm. We rest upon the completed work of Christ. No matter what they take from us, no matter what they do to us, you will not pull me away from my God. You will not shake my faith. Christian, that's what Christmas should be about. That's what the hope of the incarnation should point us to. A secure salvation in Christ, a security before the throne of God, so that we cannot be shaken. The Nicomedians are a good example of that. Christian, pray for such a faith so that no matter what may befall you in this world, you may stand firm as they did. Until we meet again, read your Bible. It'll do you good.